This is Talking with the Gravy Train on Ski Tracks, the latest in Nordic ski talk and news. And now your host, Peter Graves. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to a premiere interview with Jim Golanas today as we start year number two of Talking with the Gravy Train. Hello, I'm Peter Graves. Uh, we're very excited about this ski season coming up and the interviews that we will bring you here at SkiTracks.com. Jim Galanis is on the telephone with me from now Sun Valley, Idaho, living out there. And Jim, welcome to the program. Thanks, Peter. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Um, so, Jim, uh, let's let's uh, first backtrack on your on your own career for a little bit here. Uh, you actually started uh, as a Nordic combined skier. Uh, jumping was very popular in Brattleboro, where you grew up. And and uh, when and how did you make the transition to special cross country? Well, boy, you know, growing up in Brattleboro, we had a a couple of really strong traditions. One, the Brattleboro Outing Club Ski Jumping Program um, that was probably larger now than many ski jumping programs in the country. Lots of kids out there, and uh, I think it was really foundational in, in my development as a skier. I don't think I was ever particularly good at jumping, but uh, there certainly was a lot of skill development that came along with that, and then you know, the other great influence in, in my career and my life was the old guy up on the hill in West Hill in Putney, Vermont, who for many years uh, not necessarily coached us, but guided us and cajoled us along and uh, really challenged us to get better. You're speaking of uh, John Caldwell. I'm internationally from, uh, I think my first foray out was in the 1974 World Championships in uh in following Sweden, and I skied Nordic combined through the 78 World Championships. And really between 76 and 78, um, my cross-country skiing was picking up. My jumping at times was, I wouldn't say great, but was good and solid and made me a competitive Nordic combined skier. But um, those days were a little bit few and far in between. And um, after the... Uh, a big failure in my event in 1978, the World Championships. I, I decided at that point uh, to make the switch. And uh, you were a three-time national champion. And, and Jim, how many Olympic teams were you on? Oh, uh, let's see, 76, 80, and 84. So uh, a, a pretty even three Olympics. You know, one is a as a Nordic combined skier, and the other, the other two as a cross-country skier. Mm-hmm. You know, Marty Hall and I were talking the other day about some of your results. And, uh, I mean, it just uh, I, I was looking back first as a Nordic combined skier, 17th in Ensbruck back in 1976. Um, uh, some other big results. What, what international results are you most proud of in your career? You know, I, I don't know if I could pick just one. I certainly or one or two. What, what stand out for you, Jim? I think in 1982 I had a breakthrough race in the in the World Championships at Oslo in the uh, in the 30 kilometer. Um, that race went very well, but um, you know, in, in 1985 in Romansk, um I had a extraordinarily good uh, race in the World Cup final, a 15k race, and. You know, I, I, I have mixed feelings about that. I, 
I, I, in a 15K race, I skied 10Ks of it mentally really focused and really strong. I skied the last 5Ks in a very protective fashion to kind of maintain my maintain my, my good standing rather than just keep skiing aggressively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look at some of these races and you go, yeah, that was pretty good, but only the athlete knows when they were, were really good. Um, I think I had a couple of other races in, in Reitenwinkel um, over the years, both in Nordic Combined and cross-country skiing, uh, that were especially good. And I think um, another race that was one of those great days, but it happened in the wrong venue uh, just before the 1980 Olympics and, and uh Lake Placid, we had our nationals in Mount St. Anne, Quebec, and mm-hmm. I won the 50K, which I think was short and maybe the 40 or 45Ks because of the closeness to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that was one of those days when everything was, was really going well and going strong. And, you know, had that occurred a few weeks later in the Olympics, I think we would have seen some different results there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a, there's a smattering of things I've done that I felt were really really strong, but no one that stands out. They all have kind of different characteristics that that I remember from them. And so what year did you retire from competitive ski racing? I stopped for a year in 1985. Uh, had some health things going on and couldn't quite get it figured out. And I went to work kind of in the real world and, and um, then I came back, tried to come back a year and and 80, I don't know, 86, 87, somewhere in there, and did the opening World Cup of the Year race in, in Labrador City. Um, had, a, had a virus in my body, and the, that race hammered it in, and it was, a, you know, well, it was a pretty good race for a comeback race. It, it pretty much put me out of commission for the rest of that year, and I, I kind of stopped permanently at that point. Yeah. You know, looking back on it now, Jim, do you wish you had gone uh, any longer with your racing career, or did you feel uh, that you went, you know, about as far as you could go? Yeah, you know, at that time, Peter, I think I felt as I went as far as I could go. I mean, I could quibble with that now, but, you know, I think in in real terms, uh, at my age and with my experience, um, I don't think things would have changed or gotten a whole lot better. I mean, I might have gotten incrementally better, but I needed to take another step. I mean, on a good day, when I was healthy and fit, I could ski in the top ten in a World Cup. But, you know, that's back then, it's, it's, the fields were a little bit looser, meaning bigger spreads. So I needed to make an, another jump yeah. to be up in that top five and be really competitive. And I just didn't see that happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, when we reach a certain age, say, "Boy, I wished I now, uh, uh, or wished I knew then what I know now." Uh, do you feel that way? And if so, what what things would you change, or add, or, or subtract from your racing days, Jim? Um, I don't feel that way at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly I recognize that things are more sophisticated now. Training theory is better understood. Training practices are, are proved. And I, I prefer to think about it as we did a really good job with 
kind of the resources and the materials and the opportunities we had. Um, I think, you know, we in, in a lot of ways had to do some things that were groundbreaking. And uh, we trained differently than they do now, to be sure. You know, I think for me personally, you know, that, that drive, which may stem from my own kind of lack of confidence, you know, led me to probably train too hard too often. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the only one thing I would point at in, in my scheme that I would try to moderate or get a better handle on. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, I, I was happy to ski in the time and the places we did and, uh, and have those experiences, and, you know. Yeah, of course. And now you, there's, you. There's, I, I was out there the day Bill Coke won his medal in 1976. I was on the course, and I just about missed my Nordic combined <laughs> jump train that afternoon because that was an important. You know, Bill was a friend of mine. We grew up in the same hometown, really, and and uh, I got to witness that. And you know, no one, no one else in this country, or very few people in this country, say they were there on that day. And, you know, saw Bill Coke zoom into the finish with two Ks to go. Yeah. You guys did grow up together, and, and that whole uh, group of you, in, including Tim Caldwell and, uh, uh, you know, I guess maybe Stan was a part of that at, at uh, one point in time. But uh, tell me, Jim, what the impact of, of that very strong training group was like in Southern Vermont then. Uh, it's probably really hard for people to understand. You know, we were... We were friends, um, but we had our own life. So there were periods where we trained together very often, and there were periods where, you know, Tim was at Dartmouth in the summer or Bill was somewhere else where we, we didn't train together as much. But when we did train together, they were they were quality workouts. We had epic workouts. And I probably trained with Bill more than with, with Tim or Stan or, or anyone else. You know, we would do trips down to Mount Greylock and do – incredibly hard efforts up roller skiing up that mountain and um, I think that's what a lot of our workouts were were punctuated with whether it was a you know a 50 or 60 kilometer roller ski from Putney to Saxons River and around the loops up there or or uh, hill bounding down in Guilford or Mount Greylock roller skis or you know whatever other variety of workouts we did they were they were always challenging and they were always quality mm-hmm must have been a fascinating time. So you were a coach with a national team from 86 to 92, uh, coached as a head coach at Stratton Mountain School, uh, coached uh, successfully at APU. Um, you now have your own company. But how did your coaching change over the years you were involved in coaching elite athletes? Well, I'd like to think it got smarter. Um, you know, we, again, is, is I, I'm really proud of where the ski programs in this country are now. And, you know, we were in a different place then. There were some challenging times from, you know, a program philosophy and budget perspectives and within the national organization. You know, we had to go through those, you know, at times painful processes to get position so the program could be where it is today in some in some regard. But, you know, in terms of coaching, I think um, I tried to bring a sense of professionalism and sophistication to it, and uh, I like to think I worked as hard as I could at it. And, uh, 
It seems to me one thing that was classic Galanis was uh, utter devotion to the sport and and, and a, a seriousness and a, and a keen intellect. Um, and and uh, you didn't take any of it lightly. Uh, you 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 felt it very intensely, all, all the good times and the bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, I, I go back to, and I won't quote this perfectly, a Dick Taylor quote is, you know, sports is serious fun, but it's serious business. And, you know, we, we had a job to do. You know, you have donors and funders and, and, and athletes that are taking this very seriously. It's, it's, you know, certainly it's not a life or death thing. It's, it's still sports, but um, I took it seriously as an athlete. Maybe, it, maybe at times I took it too seriously and it was detrimental, but, you know, that, that's what I did in my career. I, I tried to take it seriously as a coach as well and, and give athletes that I worked with every opportunity I could for them to be successful. Mm-hmm. Your work ethic, uh, I would say, is very strong. Did you get some of that from your dad, who I knew, or were there other influences on that? Well, I think it had to have come from, from that influence. Uh, I'm not sure where else it would have come from. I think, I think you know, how we, how we as people, um, work and live our lives is largely influenced by our families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by the time I got to a fairly high level of skiing, other influences like you know, like John Caldwell and Mike Gallagher and Bob Gray and those types of people were were also influencing and and, and kind of shaping that ethic. But they were they were more on the periphery of that, I think, than mm-hmm. just witnessing how those guys trained and how committed they were to it. So. Uh Looking back on uh, on things in the last couple of years, um, we've seen some really uh, quality performances, some very consistent performances, uh, and and some real you know consistent improvement. How do you look collectively at uh, the U.S. approach to skiing at an elite level in this country now? <laughs> 